lights up everything. The Blues have been away most of the week, but the city of St. Louis hasn't rested. It hosted the NHL All-Star Game, and we'll talk about all the excitement and a lot of the boredom, too. It's honestly not that much to cover, but we still have to do it anyway, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! Hundred and eleven. One one wow. one. Make a wish. Of the uh, two guys, one cup podcast. I knew my our name. Um, it is Sunday, 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 January. Wow, we're off to an official start. January twenty sixth, and we are here recording from the host, the host city of the. Uh, NHL All-Star Game, St. Louis, Missouri, which we've never recorded anywhere in mm. or near St. Louis before. It's great to be here. It is. It's uh, it's nice to finally visit the hometown of our uh, favorite NHL hockey team and, of course, not get to see them play because mm. it's the All-Star Game. But, you know, maybe someday in 20, 30 years we'll get to come back. Steve, in... Have you been up in the Ark yet? <laughs> I've been up in the Ark. And let me tell you what. Those little eggs, they're scary. They're oh, scary boy. and See, small. That's true. That's true. And the view, not worth it. <laughs> Especially in winter. I was like, on one side, a bunch of nothing. And on the other side, Illinois. <laughs> oh, get daggered, St. Louis. Oh, boy. Uh, we are here. We are uh, ready to talk All-Star Game. Ready to talk the one Blues game we missed against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a weird week in the hockey world. Um, so I guess we just jump into yeah. it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the All-Star Weekend was here. And I think in a, in a, in summary, it did what it does best, which is kind of celebrate the host city and energize that crowd, you know, and reward the people who support that team. And mm-hmm. celebrate its history, and it also did what it does worst, which is be interesting in any real <laughs> way. Oh, it just exists. Uh, yeah. Every year, the NHL All-Star Game exists, and we must power through it to get to the rest of the season. It feels like a tax, honestly, to me. It's like, you know, if you enjoy this game, this has to happen. I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's just, um, I mean, it was good. It was good for the city, and it's good mm-hmm. for, you know, the momentum of hockey in the city. Um, as we've talked about before, we'd both rather see a, um, you know, a, a, a draft here mm-hmm. or some other event. But it's still cool, and yeah. uh, and we'll talk about it as we go through here. The, uh, the people of the hockey world sang our praises as often happens uh, after events in St. Louis. Connor McDavid said after coming off of the red carpet on Friday night, it's packed out there even though it's pretty cold. I think the hockey bug has got St. Louis for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Connor, what state are you in currently? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm tripping balls. <laughs> New Hampshire. <laughs> uh, Gary Bettman said the arena has never looked better. 
Uh, one of the, Wayne Gretzky called it one of the great cities in the world. He, of course, is a frequent visitor to not only our town, but the Corner Pub and Grill at the corner mm -hmm. of Doherty Ferry and Big Bend, according mm -hmm. to insider sources, which are you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've been told he still has a house somewhere in De Pere. Folks, drive around De Pere wildly and yeah, point at which house you think Wayne Gretzky's house is. <laughs> Uh, Ryan O'Reilly said, this game is another way to show the rest of the country that this is a hockey town. People here love hockey, and it's a hockey hotbed for American players, which it really is, as we got to see in the game mm -hmm. itself to some extent. Uh, registration for eight and under boys and girls hockey has gone up 30% since the uh, Stanley Cup, oh, according wow. to Peter Bow of The Athletic, so that's cool. Uh, another cool thing they did... Uh, was the NHL, the Blues, and Bauer Hockey. The stick manufacturers made a $180,000 commitment to women's and girls hockey in St. Louis, uh, which is especially cool with the three-on-three uh, -three elite women's skills competition, or three-on-three uh, uh, -three tournament mm -hmm. going on. Uh, ticket pre-sales at the All-Star Fan Fest set a record. Uh, TJ Oshie said, I think there's obviously a certain buzz around here, but the fans were always great. Nothing too much different. Just a pretty special year for them here, winning the cup and having the all-star game. Brett Hall says, the better the team does, the more hockey fans you have. The fan base has gotten deeper, but no more loyal. Which is a pretty cogent sentence for a man whose blood alcohol content is still <laughs> .25, even though he hasn't had a drink since June, whatever, 15th. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty good work. And then, uh, uh, <laughs> Good job. Leon Dreisaitl said, you know, arguably the, the closer of all the comments, he said, there's a vibe around this organization and around this city. There's an attitude about it that you can just tell they're into it right now. They're loving it. It's nice to be on the good side for once, which is, of course, a reference to his playing for the Central Division, which was loudly cheered throughout their one game because, as mm. always, they disappointed in the tournament itself. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a fun skills competition, as it always is. Uh, like they always do, for some reason, they had uh, announced... Uh, they announced a... 7 o'clock start time and then didn't have one. It was mm -hmm. more of a 7.30 start time, which, you know, if you're just going to have a pregame, that's fine, but just yeah. call it the pregame. Uh, but it was still fun, you know. It was uh, a good showing. Bennington was in a Chiefs jersey at the uh, red carpet event, and uh, Ryan O'Reilly was skating around in a Chiefs helmet before the game, which is ironic because he doesn't wear a helmet at all normally, so <laughs> in pregame warm-up at least. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a good event, good start. And then we had the skills competition. Matthew Barzell beat Connor McDavid in a pretty significant upset, three-time defending champ Connor McDavid, uh, in fastest skater with a time of 13 seconds and uh, .175 around the le rink, mm -hmm. which, you know, I could probably sprint around that size rink in like, I don't know, three, four minutes. So. <laughs> A good 300 <laughs> seconds. So uh, very impressive. Jordan Bennington brought home the, the Bud Light save streak. Uh, Tomas Hurdle put on the Justin Bieber mask at one point. I don't think people killed themselves to beat Bennington on, on his home rink mm -hmm. uh, real hard here. But hey, he won it and... That's good. Uh, Jacob Slavin won the, uh, or Slavin, I'm never comfortable. It's a it's an awkward name. Won <laughs> Change the your name, accuracy Jacob. shooting competition. I also don't like the two C's in Jacob. That's not cool. Mm. Uh, but he hit all five targets in 9.5 seconds. 
the digital boards in the net there I thought were a cool idea, but like many things the NHL does, and another one we'll talk about more in a minute here, not super well executed. <laughs> um, the Elite Women's 3-on-3 tournament, I would say, was kind of the highlight of skills competition night you're welcome to disagree if you want to be a sexist but um, (laughs) no it was you know they had an opportunity last year to show off some of the women in the skills competition and this year they went even further by hosting this three-on-three tournament event uh it wasn't really a tournament it was just one game but canada beat the u.s two to one in a game with two 10-minute periods uh because the nhl loves putting its foot in its mouth even in stupid meaningless ways they had it be a running clock Mm -hmm. so that you know just just to make sure that it was treated just a little bit more like a peewee game in the intermission you know instead of the real game uh but that was you know i'll not be too over the top on that i just think that was a stupid little you know you're winning you you're doing it for the good of the game but also you're obviously doing it for some pr points and then you do something like that it's just like do you not have anyone mm-hmm. with a brain it does all? it does make it feel a little bit like oh let's just get this over with yeah. i mean especially when like you said the time is just running out uh-huh. so it's like well you know we're not gonna stop for anything yeah i mean i think maybe in like the last minute they had like you know a clock stoppage or whatever but you could you could stop and you could just make the refs skate the puck over fast you know just make mm-hmm. everything a little bit faster yeah you yeah know, a little more a little more respect yeah it's just oh well uh harder shot competition was fun shea weber hit 106.5 and won back a title he's won a number of times before but i think the coolest thing for me personally maybe of the whole night was al mckinnis walking out at 56 years old with a wooden stick and still touching 100.4 miles per hour on the radar gun that dude can straight shoot <laughs> he looked in perfect form when he shot it too. yeah that's I, how i remember it from 15 years mm-hmm. ago yeah he's he's unbelievable um the shooting stars competition this was kind of their big fun new event uh, and it was that kind of top golf design where guys were up on a platform and there was like a netting cage over the fans to protect mm-hmm. them, which that was cool. Um, and they were tr- protecting your fans. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Neat. I don't think there was a lot of risk that they weren't going to queer, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, you could always just shank one, I guess. But Patrick Kane, you never know. That's true. He might just start sniping the crowd just for the fun of it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Yeah, I mean, it was a fun idea. I don't think it was well thought out because they designed the the course, if you will, with mm. to have the arch be in the center and be a 10-point target, which was fine, except then that was all anybody was shooting for. Mm-hmm. And they weren't, you know, if you've ever been to actual top golf, the easier shots are rewarded more. And the arch, I think, was actually one of the easier targets. I mean, it's a big thing right in the middle. It was straight in front of you, you know. I mean, you had to have the strength to get it there Mm -hmm. and the accuracy to not hit the frame of it, but relative to like the. There was a target behind it that was totally obscured by it that was four points Mm -hmm. or two if you just hit the sides. And I was like, but how? But like, how would they even get it there? (laughs) So, you know, it was was fun. It was just people shooting for the arch, though, instead of people trying to, you know, chip and do fun little things so uh maybe a good start to something they can build on but probably knowing the nhl they'll just abandon it forget about it Mm -hmm. uh 
<laughs> was a cool night, though. They had Brett Hall and Keith Kachuk get up on the Shooting Stars platform. Matthew Kachuk pulled off his Flames jersey to reveal a, a blue Yachty Molina Cardinals hockey sweater. Um, Bernie Federko came out on the ice to awkwardly throw a couple of passes to Petrangelo <laughs> during the accurate shooter competition, though they weren't counting it. Al McKinnis took the hardest shot, which was the... The one of those that go, went off really well. So it was obviously a lot of the like, hey, St. Louis, we've got this, this, and this happening, mm-hmm. you know? And, and uh, it was it was fun, but, you know, it was kind of like, okay, we're, we're done here. I don't mm-hmm. know. Any thoughts on the skills competition in general? I'm sure it was fun to, to be at, you know? I wonder, we kind of talked about it, how they transition from one thing to another. Like live, because when mm-hmm. you're when you're watching on TV, they can kind of show you replays, and the the announcers gonna be talking about what was going on and what's going on next. But I just wonder how it plays live, like when you have all this in between stuff. Hopefully, the MC was good and everything, moving mm-hmm. things along. Yeah, they had like Tom Calhoun at points, but not all the points. Yeah, but sometimes they had just an NHL generic announcer guy, which I guess kind of works because this is like an NHL thing and not mm-hmm. a Blues thing. But it, it was kind of odd. I I like the skills comp normally more than the game just because it's a little more fun some guys get a little more personality did this one not have this is like a save streak thing with bennington and the other goalies but this didn't have like the shootout thing the creative shootout no, deal no. i like that i like mm-hmm. when ovi used to be able to put like a string on his on his stick and puck and do all this weird yeah. crap and everything um come back come back to the all-star game ovi please yeah please come back they stopped it yeah um (laughs) until he comes back we will water this product (laughs) down because that'll make him come back exactly he'll want to save it uh yeah it's just i think the the skills competition stands out because it's like them doing things you don't normally get to see Mm -hmm. them do whereas the all-star game is them basically doing what you normally get to see them do except a lot worse <laughs> you know like i mean yeah you don't normally see like leandre Seidel on a line with ryan o'reilly or whatever mm-hmm. but like it's not good enough hockey to care mm-hmm. um so you know it's kind of like i don't know it's just sort of they try they try and polish that turd up as best they can and i'm and like i said it's one of those things that i'm sure is a lot more fun live mm-hmm. and even like i think a lot of people really like the fanfare stuff that was going on at union station mm-hmm. i know some people had problems with like getting to see everything or just really long lines trying to get in but that's going to happen when it's a small space like union station you got like i don't know probably like five hundred thousand people trying to go see this stuff all in a weekend you know mm-hmm. um i would have liked to go down but it just Honestly, it just seemed too packed, and I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't need a picture with uh, with Yuppie, the Habs, <laughs> you know, mascot, or oh, or do. let's name all the mascots. Let's start at the top, mm, and let's go through all of okay. them. Okay, Nash. <laughs> yep, <Chance>. that's it. <laughs> but I'd like, I'd, it'd be cool. Actually, I'd completely forgotten at first there was even going on down there this weekend, because mm. I wanted to go to the aquarium, and I was like, oh, actually, never mind, it'll be packed. Um yeah i guess it's it's fun it's cool to see everyone else participating in it on twitter and like everyone that's got kids that bring people down you know, i got bring their kids. kids and family down uh-huh. that's really neat um i don't know if we have it in here at all their green day played they they played and swore a lot they played from what i know three songs then left and then came back on and played one of the songs they had already played again because the nhl insisted that they do because they needed like better promo shots or something (laughs) 
And this is a band you signed to a like three year contract. That's yep. like, hey, we are partners with the NHL, and you've already pissed them off. So good job, NHL. You, you, you know, never change. Uh, it's it's good. It's good. It's all good. NHL all, all star game, very good. Actually, you know what looked the coolest to me was the media day that was at Stiefel. Mm-hmm. That looked really neat. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, there was. There was cool stuff interspersed, but I think it's one of those things where, you know, I wonder to what extent a city with better public transport would just make all this stuff more fun. Mm -hmm. Because you got to get down there and find parking and, you know, protect your parking. and I don't know. It's just like a whole mess to get around from place to place. And Mm -hmm. that's always going to be a handicap in St. Louis, I fear, but. I don't know. It was fun overall, I think. The All-Star game itself was, you know, basically meaningless. The Pacific won the two, you know, round-robin tournament. Not round-robin, I guess, but two-tier tournament. (laughs) There were 38 goals scored overall. David Pasternak won the MVP trophy. Uh, Do they have a trophy? Yeah, I think they do, believe it or not. Uh, And Kane scored and... You know, did his whole ear oh, club yeah, celebration because you know, he got cheered and then Lewis. booed and then cheered. Uh, overall, who cares? Um, that's kind of my take on the actual, mm-hmm. uh, the you know, the game itself. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the game itself? I watched none of it. <laughs> I, I, I thought about putting it on. And then I went to a friend's house and we played board games. We nice. played board games. What'd you play? Uh, we didn't. I lied to you. We didn't play any board games. We played catchphrase. Oh, okay. Well, that's still you know, it's in the in the arena of board mm-hmm. games, party games. Everyone was having a good time, and then someone said, "Should we put on the NHL All Star Game?" And everyone said, "We're having a good time. You know, why ruin it?" <laughs> <laughs> I find it funny. At first, I found it kind of funny that the Pacific won the All Star Game. Because I was like, well, that's the shittiest division. That's kind of funny. But then again, they also have are like top heavy in talent. When you got Connor McDavid and Leandre Seidel and Matthew Kachuk and all these guys over there, you got Elias Patterson, uh, Quinn Hughes. I'm like, okay, now I now I'm understanding why this happened. But when I looked at it on paper on my phone, I was like, what? How'd the Pacific win? Yeah, it made no sense to me. Yeah, it's a it's a good division. That top it's not a good division, but like it's got top heavy stars, mm-hmm. you know. So. Uh, after the game, Andy Strickland tw- tweeted, So much respect for Patrick Kane, unreal player, plus we both have Buffalo roots. roots, can hate the Blackhawks, hard to hate on arguably the greatest American-born player of all time. Now, I just wanted to take a moment to say, not hard to hate on Patrick Kane. Very easy. Super simple. I hate Patrick Kane. See, I just did it right there. Um, <laughs> this is a... I'm overreacting uh. to this tweet. But this was a yikes tweet for this me. Is what, this is what podcasting's about. Read the room, mm. Andy. Uh. No one in... And here's the thing. If, if Patrick Kane was like a super good guy, mm-hmm. and we just hated him because he was a Blackhawk, if he was a Jerome Ginla type, you know, mm. I'm sure a lot of Edmonton people hated Jerome Ginla because mm-hmm. he was a lifelong flame, pretty much. Then that's a, that fine. You know, whatever. But like... Patrick Kane's not a, a good dude, or at least he hasn't been historically, mm. and I'm not trying to relitigate any of that stuff. I'm sure the courts handled all of that, but 
I just that I don't know. This one yeah. really rubbed me. The wrong That's what I mean. Way. In the public eye, he does not look great. I'm yeah. sure he's like a fine person to just interact with moment to moment of his life. But it's like from what we know as big, well, you know, big markers in his life, big news making stories. It's not great. So it's like you said, very easy to hate him. And I already don't like him just because he's on the Blackhawks. So just adds stuff that makes me hate him more as a person uh-huh. and it's like you said very easy and don't women often say like i'm not even kidding don't i think i've heard like greg wachinski say that a lot of times he talks to women about like how to make the game more inclusive for women and they're mm-hmm. like well you could stop putting patrick kane on everything mm-hmm. because you know of his history and again i'm not trying to i don't care but don't make the don't make the you gotta love this guy even though he's a Blackhawk tweet Strickland because no you don't first of all just take everything else out of it you don't ever have to love a Blackhawk yeah. ever in St. Louis that's ever. such a yeah that was I such a think, he I knew think, what he was writing when yeah. he wrote it like Andy Strickland you are a blues reporter yeah like it's just I don't know just a real yikes mm-hmm. take from me from in in my personal taste but uh, I guess we can move on from that unless you want to bury Patrick Kane some more. No, nah, I think he's he's done it enough to himself. Uh, that's right. Uh, he did get a thousand points recently, so congratulations. Mm-hmm. And he probably is the best, or will retire as the best American player of all time. He's very good. What of Mike Madonna? He's better than Mike. Madonna, I was like, right? you go, yeah. What of Mike Madonna? Yeah, he's very good. But how do you I don't feel know. about the whole Stanley Cup thing? When people talk about, because they were talking on 31 Thoughts about mm-hmm. Madonna and, and Patrick Kane, and they were like, well, you know, doesn't the three cups put Kane past Madonna already? And it's like, listen, Kane's won three cups. That's incredible. But also, Mike Madonna didn't get drafted to a team with Jonathan Taves and Duncan mm-hmm. Keith and Brent Seabrook and Joel Quinville as the head coach. So, like, I always. I don't know. Personally, I sort of balk a little bit at making that a major factor if it's like the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. If you've got two guys within 50 points of each other and, you know, they had both had incredible careers, but one guy won th- two cups and one guy never won one, fine. But, like, when you're just like, well, you know, Medano is, would be ahead by a ways still, but I think Kane's three cups put him up past him. I'm kind of like, I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's Cause like an if, award you got, but it's a team award. Like and if, if you're maybe like a the Conn Smythe person too, uh-huh. but on top of that, then you don't have to say the cup. You can just say he won the Conn yeah, Smythe. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I just like is ju- is Justin Williams better than Jerome Ginla to you know use a name mm. we just talked. No, about? that's a good point. Where it's like, yeah, you if you're gonna base it just on cups, you have to already have like a body of yeah. work where you're like putting them. You're putting that underneath the cups and going. Andy also has some cups, but. I don't know. It's that's confusing to me only because I'm not entirely sure what Mike Madonna's work is. Mm-hmm. I know he's touted as the best US born player, but I don't really know what his points are and all that. But yeah, I do think yeah, sometimes when they just go, Well, it's just, you know, the cups are the big difference. I don't know if it's like as big as they want to make it. Yeah, it's I don't know. It just uh it's not an argument I love hearing personally, but you know, I'm not making it. So I guess the annoying thing about that is it just makes it very... It waters down a discussion, you know, because someone will just pull that out. Well, he's got three cups, so it's the end of that discussion. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I want to have the discussion. You know, I want to discuss more about this. I'll acknowledge the cups, but I feel like people will throw out cup victories as just like, a, well, that's that, you know. Yeah, that's exactly. It's over, and it's like, well, this is... These conversations are fun because... 
they're a debate, you know. They're not fun when someone just goes, well, that's it, that's that, you know. If you're going to say Michael Jordan's so much better than, I don't know, I have no NBA players I can name right now, but just rando guy on the Pelicans, you know, yes, he is, because, and there is no debate, mm. so the end. But when it's like a fun little, like, oh, they, you know, both U.S.-born players, a lot of points, you know, number one, number two, who's number one, then that's a debate to have, and it's fun. And if you want to end it with, well, he's got more cups at the end. That's just not as fun to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but uh, speaking of cups, the Blues won one, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, and thus are better than all the teams that have never won a cup. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. It's uh, nice. It's nice it's to be, to be there. It's good to not have that as a... As a, you know, kind of mark against your franchise anymore. But speaking of marks against our franchise, <laughs> this game against the Avalanche last Saturday, I didn't get to watch a ton of it. Did you get to watch a ton of it? I did. Would you like to walk us through it then I'll, as a result? I'll walk you through what I remember. So what <laughs> I've typed up. Gunnarsson was in for this game. Mikola was out. This was five games in a row for Mikola. Get him some rest. Get Gunnarsson a rep or two. Mikola, they re-signed to the AHL over this All-Star break. I'm assuming he's played a game or two. Uh, so that all makes sense. All good. Bennington and that, uh, Brube said before the game that he's pretty confident Prake will be ready for uh, ready to go after the All-Star game or All-Star break. And then I know today I read something about um, Blay possibly being ready on this four-game road trip that the Blues are on. So we're getting healthier, coming back strong. I like, I like, I like to see that right before... Uh, this playoff push here. And uh, what was that? January 18th was Petrangelo's birthday. I think he's 30 now. Yes, I believe so. Oh, boy. Please don't leave us out. Please, <laughs> please stay here. I know you're 30, but we'll resign you to whatever you want. Oh, is he God. 30 or is he only 29? No, I think he's 30 because he's just a little bit older than me. Not a full 30, year older. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. He's got basically, three kids and stuff. Basically. And married. So the drain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's over for you. But please resign <laughs> but please here. Sign here for ten years. Yeah. Or eight years of ten million. You can be the GM when it's all over. That's you right. can be the GM in waiting. That's right. Oh. <laughs> Were you triggered by those words? Army's like, uh, let's see how it works this time. Yeah. Oh no, he's breathing down my neck. The first period of this game The concept was right, the personnel was, <laughs> was wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Don't don't rip the concept. The concept's great. Oh my god. Uh, the first period, the Avalanche scored. Nathan McKinnon, he's pretty good. 28 goals, assisted by Samuel Gerrard and Miko Rontanen. Uh, this was Bo Meester trying to find Schwartz's stretch pass, and Gerrard picking it off in the zone. He got it back to Rontanen. Uh, Rontanen tried to get it back up to Gerrard, or I think he tried to shoot the puck, but he ended up going off of a Fox skate back to Gerrard, and Gerrard passed the puck across the crease to Nathan McKinnon. Uh, just a one-timer wrister, and it's in. Nathan McKinnon again, pretty good. Bo Meester uh, also couldn't tie up McKinnon in front, which again I can't, you know, I can't necessarily hold that against Bo Meester because McKinnon very good, but Bo Meester also showing his numbers to McKinnon this whole time. <laughs> so uh, the pass gets picked off by Bo Meester and uh, or his pass gets picked off, I should say, and he uh, doesn't tie up McKinnon. So not a great look overall. Uh, Bennington had some huge pad saves early on in the first period. Uh, he had one on McKinnon with seven minutes left. Thomas's line had a lot of great zone time. I think he got moved up eventually later on in this game. Mm. Blues uh, stopped playing the Avs game, which means speeding around the ice because that was scary, and started playing their game about uh, five minutes left in the period, which a little too late, but also good to see that they had stopped trying to think that they were just as fast as the Avs because you end up losing those games. 
So the Blues get a power play goal at 18.04 from David Perron. His 21st, his team-leading 21st goal. Isn't that Right? It also doesn't feel like as many as I thought it was. Like, 21 is a lot. Yeah. But I was also like, I thought he was at, like, 27. Yeah. It feels like 27, which, you know... Kudos to David Prime. You made me think you've scored 27 goals. He hasn't goals. been hurt at all, has he? No. I don't think so. Okay. Well, this was assisted by Ryan O'Reilly and Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo shot a slapper from the middle of the point. Graves blocked the shot and it bounced out to the left boards. O'Reilly collected the puck, circled back towards the goal while fending off an Avs player. And O'Reilly made a great no-look pass to Perron on the right side. And you've seen it before. It happens all the time in these games. Perron skates inside the right dot and slingshots a wrister past Grubauer. A great... Great, 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 great stuff. Great power play. Our first unit is actually looking very good. And Ryan O'Reilly making some amazing uh, passes here. Second period, the Blues score right off the bat, 106 into the second period. Oscar Sundquist, his 11th goal of the season, assisted by Ryan O'Reilly again. And Zach Sanford, Sanford pushed the puck up to O'Reilly. O'Reilly kind of does a spinorama pass forward to Sundquist, who goes uh, right to left on Grubauer and puts the puck in past Grubauer's left pad. It was a great way to start. The second period, it made me think the Blues were on the right track, and then everything fell apart. Uh, the Avalanche <laughs> had, like, I felt like three quick goals, and I guess it kind of was. I don't even know if there was any, like, stoppages, you know, long stoppages mm-hmm. between any of this. But the Avalanche had a goal at 7.48 by Andre Burakovsky. They get a goal at 16.26 from Kale McCarr, very good player. And then they get another goal by Andre Burakovsky uh, that is about 20 seconds later after the Kale McCarr goal to make it, uh, what is that, at that point, 4-2 abs in just real quick succession. That was probably the worst second period I've seen the Blues play, which is saying something given the fact that the game before this, they played the Flyers, I believe, and also had a real shit second period. <laughs> so second period's not looking great for this team. Uh, the Some of these goals were, they were all right. I mean, all right against Bennington, sort of, kind of, here and there. But I didn't really like the last Andre Burakovsky goal. It was kind of weak. It went over Bennington's left pad under his glove. Just mm-hmm. not one not one he would want to give up, one he definitely wanted to have back. I wanted to kind of look at Bennington's last uh, six games that he's played, or he started with the Blues. He's, I think, 3-2-1. and one. He is, has a save percentage of in his last six games Mm -hmm. and a 3.33 goals against average. Not fantastic. Two of those losses in that six uh, game span are against Colorado. In Colorado, it was a seven goals that he, seven goals that he let in, in the earlier game. And then the four he let in this game on the fourth goal here. Also, he got pulled and Allen got tossed in, but he has also had some strong games against uh, who was this Buffalo here had a .947 save percentage against them, but not many shots against them. San Jose had a pretty good performance, twenty nine or twenty seven saves on twenty nine shots. Uh, so he's been kind of up and down recently. I wanted to see what your thoughts were on Jordan Bennington right now. Uh, terrible, no. Um, I don't know. I'm. I think I'm not. I'm not worried about him. I'm not really worried about him. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to formulate an opinion as to whether he's a phenomenal goalie, mm-hmm. a really good goalie, or just a stable, fine goalie. You know, and, and it's hard to tell for sure. I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably top, certainly top half, you know, probably top third of, of NHL goalies. 
But I don't know that I'm convinced he's in the upper, upper echelon. Which makes sense, right? Because he was an AHL guy until he was 25. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it's not... If he'd been, you know, and with no offense to him or disrespect to anything he's done for us, if he'd been some super mega Ilya Samsonov talent, he wouldn't have slipped through the cracks, you know? Like, what he does now, he does through advanced positioning and and better, you know, rebound control, whatever. But, like, it's not like he suddenly became... uh, magic you know impact goalie all-time great at age 25 so uh with that said i'm not super worried about what he's been doing lately mm-hmm. i would like to see him go on a run of the you know really extraordinary play because listen any any goalie you know frederick anderson hits slumps uh andre vasilevsky sucked to start the season sergey bobrovsky sucked to start the season and he hasn't been as bad as those guys were a lot of the time mm-hmm. so i'm not really upset but you know i'd like to see him get back to the hot hot streak at mm-hmm. some point yeah i think what worried me the most about this was just the fact that he didn't look particularly great against colorado these last two games mm-hmm. and that's shaping up to possibly be a second round matchup for the blues if they make it that far yeah you mentioned that in a tweet right? yeah it was, it was definitely, I said, a real big, fat, way too early take incoming. I don't like the looks of Bennington facing the Avs in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Again, he could stand on his head. He could just be completely different, you know. I mean, like I said, he's not looking awful right now, so to say he needs to look different in the playoffs isn't, you know, a necessity necessarily, but he, uh, he would have to look better against Colorado, and I think we play them at least one more time we play them in the last game of the season i want to say we might play them one more time in between then so Mm -hmm. that would be two more times so we'll see how he does we'll see if he gets those starts too i I would hope he would the abs he might not get the last game oh that's true just for rest but rip his knees (laughs) uh abs get a five on three i said will they score i knew i thought for sure they would but they didn't by the way real quick i saw some people daggering bennington most of them not Blues mm-hmm. fans over the All Star Game. Shut up! Just <laughs> nobody. You know, because oh, they let 30, some in yeah, the All Star yeah. Game. I don't give a shit. <laughs> they scored thirty eight goals in sixty minutes of mm. hockey. Let's not be that guy. Uh, but anyway, sorry. Go Whatever. ahead. Uh, like I like I thought in the third period, Thomas moved up to the top line and Sunquist got dropped down. I I like Thomas on the top line. It's getting him more time, mm-hmm. but I'm not necessarily a big fan of the fact that he's then moved to wing up there. When that's Shen, obviously, that's in the center. They might have Thomas take some of the face-offs, depending on what side of the ice they're on, perhaps. But mm. uh, I I would I would like to keep him at center. I think I'm actually, I think I'm more happy with him being still on the third line and maybe just deploying Steen and Bozak and Thomas more at certain junctures of the game. Because honestly, uh, Steen and Bozak really aren't that bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think Thomas just makes them that much better. I don't, I don't really see why you have to move him up other than the fact that, obviously, you put him up there, he's a playmaker, and you've got two guys that can score. So, now mm-hmm. I see. Now I get it. It's great. Uh, blue score goal. Yeah, I think he's yeah. just a, kind of your ace in the hole that you can yeah. move to wherever 
makes sense. And I suppose you put them up there, obviously, when you're down, you're changing things up and mm. you want to see some more production. And Sunquest, again, is like a plug and chug guy. You can put him anywhere. Sunquest sucks. He's We've not never, very good. We've discussed this. He's only got 11 goals. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, birthday boy himself, scored his 13th of the season at 7.23 of the third period, assisted by David Perron and Zach Samford. Uh, Perron, really great pass across the crease to a wide open Petrangelo to put it in behind Grubauer. And I thought maybe this team had a little bit, of, you know, had some legs. It was four, four, three at this point. I was like, okay, we can, we can do it. We can tie it up. And we did not. We couldn't <laughs> do it. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog gets an empty net goal with two seconds left. We actually didn't look. Uh, no, I take that back. We looked really bad on the five on six. We or the six on five. We did not. We passed a lot, and we mm -hmm. didn't really get into the dirty area of the crease at all. It felt like we had six guys all on the outside, yeah. and that's not what you want. No. Nope. And it, I don't know, it was just frustrating. It was a frustrating end of the game. Uh, Avs won 5-3. Blues outshot the Avs 24-18. They had more of the faceoff wins of 54% of them. They were 1-4 for four in the power play to the Avs, 0-4. for four. Uh, Hits 20-19 to 19 for the Blues, 13-11 block shots. The Avalanche had, or the Blues had 54.7% of the Corsi 4. We had 18, or no, sorry, we had 7 high danger chances to the Avs 5. Overall, it just, it, it sucked because it felt like we controlled a lot of the third period. It felt like we controlled a lot of the end of, or I guess the end of the first period. It just kind of felt up and down, but it felt like there were times where we could have definitely piled it on them and just couldn't. I think we hit mm. the post. Fuck hit the post at least once. Shocker. Yeah. He's great. useless. No. Useless. I, I think Fox's been a lot better lately. Oh, yeah. Actually. No, he has. But just seeing that the Avs only shot eight, only put 18 shots on net and beat us 5-3 just kind of sucks. They, not a great look, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's again, it's just a bad feeling of going into the All-Star break with that. But I'm, again, I'm glad that the All-Star break is over. I'm glad the Blues get right back to work tomorrow against the Vancouver Canucks, I believe. Nine o'clock starts. Yeah, I think we do a whole Western Canadian run, including the Winnipeg Jets, who aren't necessarily Western Canada, but eh, whatever. Western Conference Canadian run. They don't have an airport, so they're yeah. far from everywhere. How are we going to get from Edmonton to Winnipeg? That's why we have the two-day break in between. Horseback, right? <laughs> Horseback. <laughs> Using the Pony Express. That's right. Uh, except nothing is express in Manitoba. Mm -hmm. Not at all. So there's been some fun things that the at the athletic that writers over there have been posting and talking about as far as player polls go. Mm. I think it was the perfect timing for this sort of stuff right before the all-star break because yeah, this is a we weird, need content. It is a weird like week, you know, cause everybody has their bye week either going into or coming out of the all-star break now, which is good. It's a smarter way to do it. I think than mm -hmm. the like, weird you know that year year or two they did it where it was just kind of random oh yeah everybody. that was also like half the but it wasn't yeah. like an official bye week mm -hmm. um but in any case uh everybody's got their bye week so it's pretty much a week plus of less than usual amounts of hockey mm -hmm. and uh that's kind of a dead zone and it's weird how it's like a month before the trade deadline so from here to february 25th or whatever it is it's all going to be crazy uh, but for now, it's kind of a dead area, so you get an opportunity to write fun articles, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't even know who is... Oh, God, he's dying. Choking to death. Speaking of fun articles, real quick, I got to write about something called Tri Hockey, mm -hmm. uh, which is... Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a, a magic sport, a future sport. Uh, so you guys can... I can tweet that out. 
from the account god i really am dying or you guys can That's go okay. check it out on uh, the hockeywriters.com but uh it's basically imagine hockey but if they were human beings on an air hockey table with inline skates and 10 foot half pipes 12 foot half pipes around the side and three teams of four players playing each other so it's like hockey meets air hockey meets chinese checkers very interesting <laughs> <laughs> It's combining all your favorite things. Hockey, air hockey, and Chinese checkers. Oh, God. I don't even know how to transition to that. Look, the the, the Athletic wrote or asked players around the NHL a bunch of different questions. Ran a player's poll. They did it last year. It was a lot of fun. They ran again this year. I was going to credit some writer at the Athletic, but it says it's by the Athletic NHL staff. So kudos to the entire staff. Mm Mm-hmm. And they asked some fun questions to, uh, let's see, I want to see how many players they asked. 392 to be exact, it says. I wonder who they didn't include. I know. I think we all know. Goalie. Goalie. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they asked a goalie question, They asked, but they didn't ask any goalies. So Steven has not looked at this. I've looked at this. We're going to give them, you know, I guess we'll make you guess, but you can also have an opinion, you know, because okay. I mean, these are all opinionated, but there are right answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like where I can both express my opinion and, and be, be wrong. wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's just life. That's, <laughs> that's just life. <laughs> uh, number one, Stephen, who is the best player in the game? This is a player's poll? Yes. I mean, to me, to me, to me. It's Connor McDavid, no mm-hmm. question. Like, there's not even a, a bit of a question. Mm-hmm. But I bet more players than I'm comfortable with will still be clinging to the Sidney Crosby illusion. Who do you... Here's a better question. So, Connor McDavid, yes, 63% of the vote is Connor McDavid. Who are the other four players that appear on this poll? Ooh, okay. Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. Oh, has to be. Nathan McKinnon. Correct. Vaughn, that, beyond that... That's hard. You got the two that were Nathan McKinnon's at seventeen percent. Is there like a wild like a like a defenseman or something? There is no defenseman. Is there a goalie? There is no goalie. Okay, Uh, so they're all forwards. Okay, Um, best in the game. Did somebody go like whack and say Leon Drysaddle? No. I mean, someone probably did. How many votes did these, these two get? These two both have 1%. Okay. So this that's is like, a percent. That's more than one. Patrick Kane? No. Hmm. I'll give you, I'll tell you this. They are both in the Eastern Conference. Austin Matthews? No. Good. Good. Patrice Bergeron? David no. Pasternak. David Pasternak is one. And... Uh, Kucherov, Stamkos, Barkov. I like it because <laughs> I, I, I can feel I can feel the like oh who the fuck else is over there? Jack Eichel. Oh Jack Eichel, of course. That's I should have remembered Jack Eichel. I, you know what? Me. I would not have guessed That's Jack Eichel. Me. You're good. Number two, Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final. Aside from your own goalie, who do you want starting in goal? Ooh, uh, how many goalies got chosen for this? Five. Who do I want starting in goal? I'll, so I'll answer for me first. Game mm-hmm. one, game seven. Mm-hmm. Who do I want starting in goal? Probably, I'm going to say Ben Bishop because of his ridiculous game seven 
numbers. Ben Bishop is not on this poll. Yeah, of course, of course he is. Not. Of course he is. Not. So I'm gonna assume. Uh, I'm gonna say Jordan Bennington got some votes because he just won the Stanley he did. Cup. Jordan Bennington came in in fifth or tied for <laughs> okay. fifth at seven percent. Okay. okay, that's something. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky. He's in there. He's third with eleven percent. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury. He's second with twenty three percent. I think history bears out that that's a mistake. So you have one and four. John Gibson. No. Oh, no love for the best goal. Mm-hmm. Just, um, <laughs> that's a good. Yeah. Did somebody go like Corey Crawford or Jonathan Quick? Mm-mm. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Peter Morazic. <laughs> no. Uh, Tuka Rask, probably, maybe. Tuka Rask is, I guess, tied for fourth with Jordan Bennington at seven percent. Okay. And then there's one more first overall. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Not Matt Murray, I hope not. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably a real obvious one. I just haven't thought of, isn't it? It is, I, it is but not, but like not necessarily. Uh, Dabrowski, Holtby. Mm-hmm. See, it's not obvious because it really like I feel Robin like Robin Lanier. Like not a lot of. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm blanking. Hype. Yeah, a lot of hype. Not a lot of, not a large, I guess he's had a large body of work, but it's been a while. I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. I don't think he's seen a game seven in a while. Okay, so I haven't made a lot of fun. Longquist? Mm-mm. Uh, uh, Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. Of course. I mean, that's going to be a given. <laughs> Uh, yeah, these are all Eastern um, Conference bias. Uh, 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 I don't, I don't have it. Carey Price. Oh, <laughs> that's because I still think Montreal's in the damn West. See, that's why. Uh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, best goalie in the world, arguably, that makes sense. But you know what I mean? That's also yeah. like, but no, it's a little what, in the middle seven? for sure, for what, sure. What game seven? Uh, <laughs> what game seven? Who is the most underrated player? Um, I'm He's... gonna I'm gonna say even though they've answered this way three years in a yeah. row, Barkov. Correct. Twenty two percent. I think the other ones are hard just because they're people yeah. that are Schwartz underneath. Schwartz isn't on here anymore. No. Who else are there? You have Jonathan Huberdeau. Okay. You have Nicholas Backstrom, Braden Point, and Jared Spurgeon. I feel like uh, Spurgeon's a good one. Mm-hmm. Point maybe is a good one. Uh, but I feel like with the, those other guys, they're all like, we've been doing the whole, they're underrated thing for so long. It's like the Louis Erickson where it's like, we, they've said that so long that now it's just mm-hmm. can't be true anymore. But, you know, it's still fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Who is the dirtiest player in the league? Brad Marshall. Correct. 29% Brad Marshall. Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson, second one, 24%. How many more? Three. Uh, Ryan Reese. Oh, he's off the board. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, are these other guys like good players or like total grind shit stuff? One's a good player. Gallagher? No. Um, we, we, I guess we've talked to a lot of people. Vander we briefly mentioned Kane? one already. Not Kane. Uh, I don't know. Hit me. Matthew Kachuk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At 11%. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the other ones are harder. I think that one I would have stopped you at. Radko Gudis at 7%. Uh-huh. Dirty and, in a number. And then ways. France himself, Antoine Roussel, at 3%. Uh, 
France. I like that. What is that? Three percent. If you're at like almost four hundred players, three percent. What ten percent would be three people? Uh huh. Right. Or no, that's wrong. One percent. One percent would be, 1% people. Would be three people. So what? We're at like nine players that said Anton or so. That's still. A I number. like that. That's... I like that. There's nine people that agree. Like we hate this probably guy. All, probably all from the same team. Oh, that's not. true. Let's we all band like together. One hit on one guy one time. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, he's a rotten bastard. Stephen, who is the best defensive defenseman? Mark Edward Flask. <laughs> Did no, he get he's not on Okay, here. good, good, good. Um, defensive defenseman. Drew Doughty. Is not on the list. What? <laughs> I know. That's, That's weird. That's like you gotta do it. Uh, Jacob Slavin? He is. He's fifth with 5%. There we go. Um, huh. I'm thrown off by the... By the, uh, by the, uh, they're big, na- they're big name defensemen, but you're not going to get your Burns or Carlson. Right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. Um, Jared Spurgeon, maybe. No. Uh, um, Dustin Bufflin can't walk, so probably not him. A lot, no. A lot of these people do, did get multiple votes. Oliver I didn't say Ekman that. Ekman Larson? Um, no, no. Of it's got a list of people that got multiple votes underneath. So the people you've named have like were voted for, but not on the okay, top okay, five. Okay, okay, Um, I want to get number one. I should be able okay. to get number one. Who's won Norris trophies? Oh, that's not gonna Hedman. Yes, correct. He never number one. That's seventeen. I don't think so. Probably. But... I don't think so. <laughs> Two is Shea Weber. Three is Ryan McDonough. And four is Mark Giordano. Oh. You like how I just preemptively assumed they wouldn't choose Petrangelo? Because mm-hmm. they're bastards. He, I know. He was on there. He got multiple votes. Oh, but he didn't okay. jump. He wasn't in, wasn't on the top five. Name the four again. Uh, they were underneath Hedman. They were Shea Weber, Ryan McDonough, Mark Giordano, and Jacob Slavin. Ryan McDonough. Gonna be Ryan McDonough. Be. Sorry. <laughs> Let's see. Who is the best referee in the league? I don't expect you to know all the referees, but thank you. Yeah. Yes, correct. Wes McCauley with 71%. Oh, Jeebus. Who, uh, did our uh, St. Louis guy get any? Tim Peel? Uh, Tim Peel. He is at 3%. Yeah, yes. buddy! Stephen, who is the worst referee? I don't even remember. I've heard this guy, but I wouldn't. I Not Kerry Frazier. He's retired, right? Correct. Uh, I don't know. I'll know the name when you tell me. Is sure. Justin St. Pierre. Uh. And if I could find uh, you a thing about Justin St. Pierre. I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, let's see what it says. Despite the smaller sample size, some players certainly seem to know Justin St. Pierre's name. St. Pierre may be the one. <laughs> a Central Division player said St. Pierre may be the most arrogant human being I've ever seen. It's honestly like he hates the players. He treats everybody like shit. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, oh, a Metro Division player said St. Pierre is the worst, bar none, bar period none. <laughs> <laughs> and then another Metro Division player said, I hate picking St. Pierre because he'll probably be happy if he wins it. <laughs> <laughs> What's this dude's name? What's his uh, first name? This is Justin St. Pierre. Okay, I've got to watch for this. Time. I know. I, after I read those, I was like, oh shit, I'm tuning in for a Justin St. Pierre game. No kidding. Holy crap. Uh, which player not on your own team would you most like to have a beer with? 
And Stephen, they are boring. Mm, it's like Sidney Crosby. Sidney like, Crosby's number two. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's all going to be vets. That's, yeah. Brent Burns. Brent or, Burns is on there. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Who, who. You got Alex Ovechkin, number oh, one. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's, Sidney Crosby. I should have gotten Ovechkin. Joe Thornton. Keith Yandel, who I have Why heard, like who I've heard something is like Yandel's insane. Yeah, like He's an insane really prankster cool. and yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the NHL's Iron Man and needs to play like this season and next, and then like three games in twenty twenty one twenty two to break the all time record. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yes, an Atlantic Division player instead of Keith Yandel. Playing with him in Florida, he's the funniest guy. He's one of those guys who has no filter. He tells you these outrageous stories, but he's not self-conscious about it at all. He takes everything as a joke. Just an easygoing guy. Let's see. Outdoor games. This is just a, I mean, this is just an opinion. Outdoor games. Too many, not enough, or just right, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... Papa Bear. They voted that there were too many. They said just right because Ooh. no one wants to rock the boat. Fifty-eight percent, but then too many at twenty-three percent. Not enough at nineteen percent. I like those not enough guys. They're daredevils. Stephen, what percentage? <laughs> oh no. Of these players, pay attention to advanced stats. Oh. Uh, what percent pay attention to advanced stats? It's a basic rule of polling mm-hmm. that. Uh, respondents will answer what they think the pollster wants them to mm-hmm. say so they sound better. So this is a very high percentage. Or wait, wait a second. Now, I was thinking this already before I saw your face yeah, twitch. Sorry. But the, other, the flip side of the coin is in the NHL, they might want you to think, I don't listen to that nerd shit. So... <laughs> 21%. 14. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I know. 14%? And I believe it. Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck's a Corsi? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, oh my God. I got to read these. Okay. The advanced stat revolution may be informing decisions off the ice, but it has not yet made its way to the players. And the land division, Sarah said, fuck no. I think they're stupid. <laughs> Uh, Pacific Division player said, I don't even pay attention to normal stats. <laughs> Which, by the way, is such a lie. There's no way. I'm so, maybe, maybe I'm not cut out to be an athlete, but I would look every second. I would look, I would know every point I had for sure. Uh, Pacific Division player said, I think they have a place. I don't think you can look at any, anyone and say, this guy's a good player or this guy isn't. There has to be context and everything. That's that's fine. That's, fine. that's a perfectly fine opinion. One Atlantic Vision player summed up the issue very thoughtfully. I think it's intuitive for us. I know when I've been getting shelled on a shift or a whole game, he said, I know that I don't need someone to tell me that I've been doing this for a long time. You just know if things are going well or not, whether it's shot attempts against or whatever metric is being used. That's fair. That's okay. fine. That was a goalie, I take it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, lo- I love it. Fuck no. I think they're stupid. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Uh, if they could change one rule, uh, what would it be? Okay. If the NHL... Okay. The players' uh, offsides review? That is in there. That's second. No more offsides challenges. 14%. Um, one rule... 
I think it's probably too soon for them to either go either way on the Michigan goal. So yeah, not on uh, there. So um, one rule. No, it's not enough goalies to say the trapezoid. Maybe they put. Maybe it's on there, but it's not number one. It's on there. It's, okay, that's fourth. Okay, remove trapezoid. Um, some about like the face-off pickiness. No. Okay. Uh, cross-checking should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> they punch someone in the head. They said uh, the number one response was remove puck over glass penalty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So five percent said no shootouts, and five percent said ten minute OT. Um, yeah, great. I'm down with all of that. And that was it, which is perfect because this transitions before the Blues uh, players poll, which which was run, and is very fun that we can go into. I went out on Twitter and I asked. Uh, I said the Athletic recently ran a poll asking NHL players a variety of questions. One of the more interesting questions was about what rule they would like to see removed or changed. Blues fans, what rule would you like to see removed or changed? And we got a number of opinions that we can read out here and you can weigh in on as we go you through. You want to give ours at the beginning or the end? Let's, let's, end. let's do ours at the end. Yeah. So Tommy Hummel, friend of the show, at Hummeltown on Great Twitter. Great friend of the podcast. Great friend. He says, uh, much like I think one of the, some of the NHL players said, 10 minutes of three-on-three. And OT and regulation wins are wait and regulation wins and three on three wins are three points. Mm-hmm. So regulation wins, three on three wins, three points. I like the three point system. That's interesting. We'll talk. We'll talk about that. Uh, exhale on Market Street at PBK Man. Another great friend of the podcast. Great friend of the podcast said uh, in a shootout, a defender is. God, now I yeah, feel like we have to say everyone everyone's well. Some some are not. You yeah. <laughs> uh, said in a shootout, defender is at their own goal line. Shooter at center dot on the whistle. Both players take off. That way, shooters can't just meander in. It's more like a breakout, fast, exciting, and more fair to the goalie. That'd be interesting. And you know what? I'd like to see that at an all-star game at very least. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone would try, but if they did, tr- <laughs> if they did try, I think that'd be a really cool thing to see. Yeah. Uh, let's see, K at KMW504 said, how about hand passes that result in goals being reviewed? And uh, Exhale said, they already fixed that one. No, Although, not. have they? They didn't fix it. Fix retroactively. Uh, Franklin Jones at Whale do Cardio. Think, do you think yeah. we win the cup without the hand pass, though? Hard to say. I said at the time that I felt like that was the thing that got us over the hump. And granted, also beating the sharks into oblivion physically mm. helped a lot but uh, no i think you're right and it's at the time i felt like either we just crater after mm-hmm. that or like that's the final kind of nail in the coffin of like oh no mm-hmm. we're gonna kill this league. <laughs> there know? was no like game seven for us in that uh-huh. series yeah I, I would agree on that i suppose franklin jones at will cardio said some good ones above also he said a regulation win is three points and ot or shootout win is two points ot or shootout lost one point Make every game three points, not just ones where the leading team can't finish, which I enjoy. And he said uh, another one is, it's not a rule, but a Department of Player Safety suspensions need to be twice as long as they are now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to see the best players in the world when I go to a game not miss the ones who are out because of some dipshit on skates, couldn't keep up, so he threw a cheap elbow. Which is true. I do think some of these things where it's like a big... Uh, a big hit or something that you can see resulted in like just a you know a huge injury already on the ice you don't need to you know get the guy into his locker room to figure out what happened it's like this is a you know a huge blow to someone's head and they're like uh we've reviewed it we've looked at everything and i guess it's like three games because you did it once before and it's like three games 
Free game. If you want to take it out of the game, you need to like you need to harsh suspensions. Yeah, I'm definitely down with that. It's just it's kind of draconian their current system, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. I always worry that that's going to take like basically. I don't know, Braden Point, like, dying. Or, you know, Braden Point cannot play the game anymore because he's blind it for is. them to it change really something. Is. It will, I mean, it will. Mm. It's what it's taken in the past. So. Mm. Like, I mean, th- you think about, like, the the Duchesne offsides, mm-hmm. the one that got the whole thing started. It takes, like, egregious, mm-hmm. you know, the hand pass. It takes, like, egregious miscarriages of justice. For them to fix it. So, of course it will. If, I mean, God forbid it happens, yeah. I'd rather it stay as it is than, you know, sacrifice someone upon the altar of bad decision. True. But, um, I mean, if that, you know, that's what it would take, I think. Oh, I'd agree. Because they've got, I mean, on top of everything else, they've got to fight with the owners and the players union. And they've got to convince all them to go along with it. And it's just not going to happen unless there's some big, you know, black mark on the league that they all have to respond to. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I'm surprised they don't see this as what's going to happen to them if they don't <laughs> fix it already, but oh boy, it's the NHL. Blues Views at STL Blues Views said, one, get rid of the offside review, two, drawing blood on high stick doesn't mean automatic four minutes, which I have wondered before, because if it's... It's a weird, it's a weird, like, line to draw. What if your skin's real thin? Yeah. What if you're <laughs> what anemic? If you're anemic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I it's can't like, help that. It is, it is weird to me because it's like just so arbitrary you could have like a brutal slash on the glove that breaks a bone but is a two minute you know Mm. just because that you're not going to draw blood that way or see blood or you know you could have like a you know like a glancing off the Mm -hmm. eyebrow that just happens to cut you it's just kind of dumb just bite inside your you know just bite your upper upper lip and start bleeding i'm surprised the players don't have white blood packets. Mm-hmm. You know, like, seriously, I'd do it. Hell, you get a double minor in, a, like, a close game? Mm. I don't know. David, David, that looks like ketchup on your face. Yeah. No, it's no, blood. not ketchup blood. <laughs> you know how David's from Russia. Mm. I will, we'll say which, it was past. I was now. like, which David? Yeah, exactly. See, perfect. Nicholas says, goal scored on a delayed penalty. Don't negate the penalty. You still get a two-minute minor. I, I sometimes I've wondered. I kind of like that. What's that? The isn't it called like the Montreal rule? That's where in general like, where it's like it, it erases after one goal. I think they should. I'd kind of be fine. Yeah, with them if you score, that. that'd be interesting. That make penalties a much bigger deal. Like yeah, you, you score on the power play. The power play continues on. You know, it's a five minute major, except it's two minutes. Uh-huh. I I'd be interested to see that. They should do. What did they do with the three on three OT? They deployed it in the AHL for uh-huh. a year. Yeah, do the do the continuous penalty time. Yeah, in the AHL and see what you happens. You want to generate goals. You want to make scoring happen. Mm-hmm. Second face off is going to be from the center ice. You know, mm. that has the plus. That has the added benefit of increasing the incentive to not take penalties. So yeah, exactly. You know. There you go. You're you're helping you're helping both sides out. Liz Miller chimed in and said, or maybe a, a one minute power play since they uh, scored before the power play started. But she agrees it should still get the penalty. Dolo at Will Dolo said, I think offsides replay should be subjective if the offside has to do with the goal. Agreed. I get that subjectivity gets kind of hard when you're like, is this part of the goal? Is this Mm -hmm. not? But yes, you've seen ones where it's offside two minutes ago. And they're like, well, we got to call the goal back. And it's like, well, in those two minutes, you could have done anything else. Yeah. 
Then Ron Finger at Guts Dannon said, get rid of the stupid trapezoids. It was ill-conceived and conf- <laughs> ill-conceived and confined the goalies. Plays in the corners are game breakers. And then Ben Hodgson chimed in and said, I think they should modify it, keep the trapezoids behind the net, but allow the goalie to play the puck anywhere. But if he gets checked outside the crease or trapezoids, that won't be a penalty. Like, you know, I'm, I understand them saying, even when the goalie goes out in front of the net to play the puck, you know, and gets hit, that that's like too much or people freak out because that is your goalie. It's a very mm-hmm. important position. But I do think also that you should be allowed to make an amount of contact with them when they're outside the crease or yeah. whatever. And I don't mind the trapezoid rule only because I do remember, um, who is it? Brodeur. Marty Brodeur or like even, uh, who, who's he still playing with? He's playing with the Oilers. Smith? What's his first name? Mike. Mike Smith. Thank you. Like playing in the corners and it's just a hard like, name to think. yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> is it Zenadine Zidane? Um, you know, playing in the corners and basically being, as they said every goddamn time if we played him, he's like a third defenseman back there. You can just pass, you know, pass it up the side. He can still do that now. So if you unleash him into like anywhere on the ice, it just gets super annoying. It's great Ooh. for your team, awful for the other team. So it'd be interesting. Again, I'd like to see it tried out. A lot of these things I think would be cool to try out. Um, you just never know what you're going to get with that. Yeah, they just aren't very brave about trying anything out. The NHL, the not, I was going to say not brave league, but that's the NBL. Um, the blues, not, not hubristic league. league. <laughs> Although they are hubristic. So yeah, I knew I could count on you to get English words going, because <laughs> I cannot. So the Jeremy Rutherford ran a blues player poll for oh, the yeah, blues. Maybe. Uh, a little more, a little more fun, I think. A little, you know, I, I like think, that. So yeah, because you know the personalities, you're trying to get to know the personalities here. So Stephen read some of these earlier, but has since forgotten, or so he claims. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how he does. <laughs> Stephen, who is the best dresser on the Blues? What do you think these guys said? Um, uh, I think. Uh... David, or, uh, sorry, Ryan O'Reilly deserves it just for his Halloween costume, but I think he also gets going to get props for the hair and the overall quaff of everything. I feel like Vince Dunn is like a pretty good dresser. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. not going to be Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. You dress like Carl Gunnarsson one time. That's so true. By extension, <laughs> I role-played as Carl Gunnarsson. <laughs> When you met him, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Ian Peters, Carl Gunnarsson, Ryan O'Reilly, rest of the team. <laughs> the winner for this for uh, the Blues as polled said it was a tight battle, but Gunnarsson wins over Dunn. Yeah, so you were right. in there. That's right, baby. Uh, I'd like the quote from Alan. Alan said, Gunnarsson is just very clean, and the Swedes are always known for their classy, quality style. He said, but definitely not Sunquest. I don't even consider Sonny a Swede. <laughs> <laughs> Way to dagger him. Uh, Sunquest said, I wouldn't say that. I'm getting the hang of it now, but I'll go with Gunny. <laughs> so does Sunquest not know how to dress himself? Or, like, what's the problem? <laughs> I feel like I'm a little well, in the dark like here. We need an intervention yeah. of some sort, perhaps. Uh, Steven, who's always late on the blues? Uh, I do remember that yeah. this was Vince Dunn and is it Sunquest? It's two young players, right? That is two young players. Oh, is it Sammy Blay? It's Sammy Blay. And Vince, and is Vince, Vince Dunn. Dunn? Okay. They are roommates, apparently. Uh-huh. O'Reilly, Sunquest, and Petrangelo. Did they play, I guess they played a year in the A together, right? Yeah, I so. suppose they did. I was like, O'Reilly, Sunquist, and Petrangelo all said Dunner, Perron said I would say Vince Dunn. Did his name come up? 
we've got to we've got to get him and Blazer on an alarm clock or something. They're not late to important things, but it's always like dinners. They're always set up for like a seven o'clock, and we show up at six fifty-five, and they show up at about seven thirty. Blaze said, "I don't agree. We are always here on time. Every guy has family, so they wake up early. We just wake up later, I guess, so we get more sleep." But I'll go with Dunner. And Dunn said, I would have said me my first year, but this year I've definitely been a lot more responsible, even coming in early on my own. So probably Blay. I'll say him. He's just in his own little world sometimes. That's awesome. Steven, this one, this one's layup. Who uses the most hair product? Oh, that's, uh, that's gotta be, uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. He's got the most hairs. <laughs> he said, me for sure. We don't I, have any, like, hardly no. anybody on this team with real flow. Perron's, Perron's got more hair than he used to when yeah. he buzzed it. But uh-huh. that's really the only... Does Sunquist have long hair? Kinda. JDLR, I guess, has long yeah. hair, but he's not in the locker room. Yeah, yet, uh, he was not pulled. That's right. O'Reilly said, me for sure. I load this thing up with Vaseline and some other stuff. I use something else Which, as well. Which, by the way, you. I, I know. <laughs> so, well, I've got naturally curly hair, so it's got some great hold there, where it kind of locks it back so it doesn't come curling up. I don't like, I don't like that. Yeah. I, I don't care for that, Ian. I don't. <laughs> Uh, Peron said, I don't know how O'Reilly does it, but he keeps his ponytail tucked in. Mm. He's got a ponytail? I think he's got like a man bun sort of thing, you know. On the ice? I don't know. No. I mean, maybe maybe tucked under the helmet. But I feel like I've seen his helmet come off and he's not got a man bun. I don't know. There's a lot of hold. That Vaseline's got a lot of hold. Who's the most vocal in the Somewhere locker room? Somewhere in the Vaseline. Uh, the most vocal I do remember is that one, David Perron. So they all said Perron, and that's how I remember it too, but then they said the winner is Petrangelo or Steen. Oh, okay. But I do remember it. Even they're daggering, cause were they daggering Perron because he wouldn't shut up? Yeah, because he just yaps all the time. And I remember hearing that before we traded him the first time. Uh-huh. That there was all, there was some sort of thing where like oh god people get so annoyed with Perron because he's just yapping on the bench and he's yapping in the locker room and I think it's like and now that he's a vet it's like oh now we love him yeah so now we okay. love him and he's on a cup so you know yeah. good for him <laughs> I thought maybe that is what had changed when he like you know grew up or whatever but no not at all isn't that crazy how you know that like literally was probably part of why he was traded and now they're like yeah we love him who cares yeah. you won't shut the fuck <laughs> up uh, david backus goes to doug armstrong and he's like you have to i'm sorry you fucking have to trade <laughs> trade that quack back one piece of shit i'm tired of hearing him talking in english half the time <laughs> uh who hopes he gets noticed and asks for an autograph this was somebody i did not expect um Oh, oh, they went with Perron on this, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shen said, DP, 100% DP. Bennington said, oh, it's Perron. Allen said Perron. That's the first name that comes to mind. Dunn said Perron for sure. He has a good all-star game campaign for himself, so that was pretty good. I'm just playing. He definitely deserves it. He deserves the all-star game or this <laughs> little award? I'm assuming the all-star game. Who spends the most time in the weight room? I think we remember this, or I remember this uh, one. Uh, crap, I don't. Hold on, give me a minute, give me a minute. Give Which me makes a minute. it better. J-Bo me. It is. Petrangelo says, J-Bo, for sure. Uh, Fox said, J-Bo, he's in there all the time. J-Bo Meester. Here's, here's a nice quote, everyone, from J-Bo Meester about aging. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, J-Bo Meester says he's we in need, the... like, the Masterpiece Theater music. Yeah, yeah. I was like, really, we should cut to a different podcast. <laughs> this part is for a different podcast. Bo Meester said uh, of his weight room use, 
It's out of necessity. It takes me a long time to get warmed up. I literally can't show up and practice. There's like 45 minutes worth of stuff that I have to do, and that's normal. When you're young, you think, oh man, that guy is old and he has to do all that stuff. That will never be me. But eventually, it catches up to you. But it's fine. I don't mind doing it. It's just a routine. That's true, J-Bo. Mm -hmm. That's true. Who wears his Stanley Cup ring the most? They're all, they all like, passed on this one didn't they they kind of chickened out they're all like oh we all like it it's all great uh they all daggered perron oh did they <laughs> that's a good question i'm really not sure but to be honest i'd probably say perron bozak said perron i believe shen said perron i think shen daggers perron on like five out of eight of these uh-huh. things sungwa said perron perron said i don't i haven't worn it one time i think it's something that you're extremely proud of but it would be weird to just wear it around town there will be charity events down the road or maybe you'll go see some kids at the hospital and try to make them smile a little bit but make them hope for something more but it wouldn't feel right to wear it now because you gotta go get a second mm-hmm. one is not enough. jr said another quote-unquote win for one perron not enough. who watches the most video tell you who plays the most video games uh this was the goalies right i believe they i believe in everything they say it's the goalies like they talk about it being the goalies a lot but then a lot of people answered steen and they said steen was the one who watched the most because he's he's all about fundamentals and yeah he's got to keep up with those if he wants to stay on the team who had the most um adult beverages at the stanley cup parade did they dagger Sanford on this one? They did. Because he like <laughs> fell off, literally oh, he, fell off the wagon. Oh, he like barfed. <laughs> he, was on, he was barfing. Gunnarsson said, well, next to Brett Hall, I'll pick Sonny. <laughs> I think a few people threw um, Joel Edmondson under there, but they said that the only criterion is being on the current roster, so we're sticking with Sanford. There was criteria. Who always avoids paying the bill at the restaurant? This is our final one. Uh, who doesn't pay the bill? Real talk? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna try and remember who they said. I'm gonna try and think who this would be on the Blues. Oh, they, I would they say super dagger James someone. James Schwartz. And that's who they super dagger. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dunn and Thomas both said Cairo. <laughs> Thomas said Cairo. He's got a little bit of alligator arms. Cairo said, I don't think I've ever been here enough to do that. Uh, let's see. They said a lot of people were, a lot of different people are generous. A lot of people said, uh, everyone's generous. Bozak said Schwartzy every single time. Not really, but I'll just say I'm going to piss him off. <laughs> Falk said Schwartz. O'Reilly said Schwartz. Bomius said Schwartz. Uh, but even Bomius said Schwartz, I'll say, but that's just because guys like giving him a hard time. Uh, Schwartz said, I have, oh, here we go. Alan said, we usually play the credit card game where everybody throws a credit card in the hat and whoever picks it out pays it. So there's generally no one, no one specific guy. But we went on a golf course trip this summer, 16 guys, and Schwartzy got stuck with two large bills. They were not cheap, and it was quite comical. <laughs> Schwartz said, I avoid paying the bill, question mark. I believe it's more like I pay the bill. This summer I got caught in a bad couple times. There was how many? 16 of us lost twice in a row. Shocking. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they rigged it. If they're saying I avoid the bill, it's a joke. They're just using a little reverse psychology. Oh, man. He can't oh, read, folks. Jane Schwartz can't read. Isn't it crazy to think about, probably like uh, that scene in Parks and Rec where they all put Jerry's name into the hat. Yeah. Isn't it crazy to think about how, like, two, like this time last year, or like a month, 13 months ago, we were talking about, like, this team's disastrous, like, clubhouse cancer issues, mm-hmm. and now it's like, oh, they all love each other, they love giving each other a hard time, it's all sort of fun and games. 
Yeah. It's like, huh, what a difference a day makes or a year makes. Sign your Captain Oxford Trangelo back. He's he's unified the dressing room. I like how you uh, put these in uh, black, too. You're Mm -hmm. very very clever about that. So, Uh, Anything else we want to discuss before we get out of here? No, I think, uh, what? The... Oh, I, I did have one thing. Oh, yes. But go ahead if you have a thing, too. Oh, no, it was more of an ending, okay, ending okay. stuff. Um, uh, there's a month until the decade. A decade. A month <gasps> until the deadline. Oh, yes. Uh, Pierre Lebrun, I believe, did his, uh, he usually does, like, a month before the deadline, here's where every team is. And he talked about, basically, the Blues were going to be monitoring the Tarasenko timetable, both because, obviously... That's a big forward you're missing if he's mm. not, you know, because it's somewhere between March and May, which isn't very specific. He did get on the ice over the All-Star break for the first time, so that's good. Uh, but, you know, on the one hand, practically, you if you have anybody you're going to replace, it's going to be Tarasenko if, he can't, mm. if he's not healthy in time. But also, you know, technically, it's a cap question because if he's back in the season... Uh, you have to make room for his cap hit to come back. And if he's not, if he doesn't come back till the playoffs, then you have that whole 7.5 to play with because the cap doesn't matter in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So practically speaking, if they think he's going to be back in March, they're probably not going to make a move. But Mm -hmm. if they think he won't be back until the first round, second round, Maybe they will. Uh, and they had Armstrong on their two-man advantage podcast, which I haven't gotten to listen to, but he had a lengthy quote from him and said, uh, Armstrong said, Our depth is going to come from within. We have 23 players that we believe in, but good players in the American Hockey League also. So I don't see a scenario where, we, where we'll be spending a fifth, fourth, third, sixth round pick. <laughs> so we will spend a seventh, second, or first. Yeah. That's what you can get from that. Uh, to get a player that's going to provide depth for us. If there's a player out there that we... Uh, that can fit into our top echelon, we can take a look at that. That's only because, quite honestly, Vladdy, we're not sure where he's going to be. Other than that, we like our group. And uh, um, LeBron added, the player I like as a fit for the Blues, as I've mentioned before, is Chris Kreider. His abrasive style fits well with the way the Blues play. That's if Kreider doesn't resign with the Rangers, of course. But a top six forward is probably where I would look as a potential luxury item for a Blues team that really doesn't need a whole lot. You and I texted about this a little bit with our friends Justin and uh, Gift Jeff. Great friends of the podcast, mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, but um, I don't really want to trade a first-round pick this year. Mm-mm. It's a deep draft, Steve. It's a deep, Have you ever heard that so before? I've never, never heard that before. Uh, no, but I mean, deep draft or not, mm. you trade a Bach, mm-hmm. that's fine. You've told Cairo to move in, mm. so he's graduating. You've got... Perunovic in a little bit of limbo with the whole college returning to college question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, Costin is, you know, would would probably already be up in the NHL on a lesser team. Um, but you're, you know, the cupboard's starting to run dry, and that's not the end of the world mm-hmm. because ultimately you just won the cup and you're competitive, so who cares? But I just don't, I don't think our, we have a need big enough to. You know, like if if Terrace, if Vladdy was just done for the year and we hadn't been scoring goals and we hadn't been performing well without him, 
I'd feel a little differently. But if you can go get Chris Kreider for like a second and a Zach Sanford, mm-hmm. go do it. That's fine by me. But like, I don't, I don't know. I'd rather keep our first round pick, I think, than add where we don't really need to add. Agreed. I think it's something where I think of all the first round picks we've spent for mm-hmm. different people. Ryan Miller was one. Jay Bomeister was another. Uh, we, did we get one for Shen? Yeah, we two, two, two. For Shen, yeah. We gave up one for O'Reilly, and granted, like the last, the latter two really helped, and obviously you go do those. But those both were also in the summertime. The other two, Bomeister and Miller, were in the were before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And while I like the Bomeister one, it, that was also a huge need. That was something we definitely, definitely needed. Yeah, Ryan Miller, and that was a long term. Oh yeah, yeah, and like Ryan Miller. Not so much. We didn't even know if we were going to resign him anyways. I can't imagine anyone we'd trade for right now that would be a long Exactly. I don't want to trade a first for a rental. I'll trade a first for something that's off the board. Again, always open. Always kicking the tires on Sidney Crosby, you know. we got to see, you know, what they're looking for. But, you know what I mean? I'm looking. (laughs) If there's something off the board that hasn't been mentioned that comes up, cool. But as of right now, who's on, you know, their, like, TSN trade board and everything, I'm not blown away enough by anyone to give them a first and even if i was blown away does that necessarily mean we're going to be that much better with that person yeah because we're already sort of exactly where you want to be in the standings so yeah what else do i need i mean chris Carter seems fun mm-hmm. he seems fine and fun and good and i'm sure the team would be better with him mm-hmm. but well, I mean, Elliot Freeman had that statistic about, you know, like most of the recent cup winners have not made a major deadline addition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't, we're top of the Western Conference without Tarasenko, without Blay and mm-hmm. Pareko. Well, you know, Pareko's been gone for a while. He's supposed to be back without Steen and uh, who else was hurt for a while? Gunnarsson. Gunnarsson. There you go, as always. There's another yeah. one, though. I can't... It's, coming, it's gone. It's gone forever. No, maybe I'm thinking of why. But, um, you know, I just... I, I, it kind of, for me, goes back to, like, I don't see repeating this year either as, like, as important as having the opportunity for the next many years, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, like, with a first-round pick, you are doing another thing where you're setting your team up to, like, keep up this churn, keep this window open for the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. And my only other concern is with Petrangelo, maybe you're thinking, well, if he's leaving, we'll load up and go for the repeat. Oh, boy. But don't... Just resign him. Just Just do it. Or trade him. I'd love... I mean, here's the thing. If he's walking, Mm -hmm. that would be such a ballsy move. And I would kind of love it if you traded him at the deadline. I mean, I don't... They're not going to. It's not going to happen. And I'm, I, I'm on board for nuts. And but. believe me, I would much rather they keep him at mm. this point. Please, please, <laughs> just, just, please do just do it. But, uh, but um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh, it'll be an interesting month. We got the Western Canada road trip, a couple of back-to-backs here, starting off strong this week, and. I think we know who this team is. I think there aren't any questions to answer. They're a very, very, very good team who, mm-hmm. as I think Ryan O'Reilly said, they have as good a shot as anyone of winning this thing again this year. It's just a you know an, an endurance battle, mm-hmm. health battle, and you know puck bounces are going to determine a lot of it as they always do. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, other than the Avalanche, there's certainly no one I I really even fear in the Western Conference. 
And then you, if you get to the final again, who knows, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to add? Uh, I'm just excited for the last, I guess we're kind of in between the halfway mark and like the two thirds mark, but I'm excited for this last playoff push February. We got a lot of games. I think we only get like a two day break, like once. And then every other, we play every other day and a couple back to back. So it's a lot of hockey coming up. It should be fun. Uh, then they'll be crazy to be in the playoffs and try it all again. That's, yeah. It kind of blows me away that we, I feel, sometimes I feel like we shouldn't make the playoffs. Like not, we should, but like somehow the NHL is like, no, 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 you just won the cup. So like you guess it out this year, but it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we just get to go back and do it again. I'm like, oh shit. I yeah. kind of forget that feel, we are allowed to do that. I feel like it's going to be fun this year. Mm-hmm. Cause like out, outside of an embarrassing first round defeat, I'm not, I, I you know, time you know, will lightning. tell. But I feel like, yeah, well, yeah. But I feel like I won't be in agony like I was last mm. year. Like last year was torture. I mean, it, it was, it was torture great, but that became something great. But it was torture. <laughs> uh, but this year, I think I'll just enjoy the playoff run more wherever it ends. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's time for us to get out of here. So anything else you want to add? I'm happy the All-Star game is over. (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready for hockey, and it's here. So here we go. Have a wonderful week, everybody, and we'll talk to you real soon. Good night.